today on the Callahan Podcast. Well, football is back. The NFL is back. And we watched. We're not boycotting. We're booing. We're not boycotting. Um, Brady uh, Belichick wins. Brady loses. Seven teams don't come out of their locker room for the uh, anthem. We'll give you the whole rundown on the kneelers and the uh, the uh, fists in the air guys. And uh, Tyler Eifert, my man, Tyler Eifert, he did it. He, 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 he showed some guts. He honored David Dorn, and he won the game. Way to go, Tyler Eifert. Also, two cops uh, shot in the head by a little uh, round punk in L.A. We'll give you the latest on that and what is going to happen when they catch the guy, catch the woman, catch the, the, the little Oompa Loompa who did it. Uh, we are, uh, we're following that story closely. Is LeBron, does LeBron, does uh, Colin Kaepernick, does Ayanna Presley and AOC, do they bear any responsibility for this wave of hatred toward the cops? We'll talk about that with Turtle Boy today. This is the Callahan Podcast, brought to you as always by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Why do DC mom, DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle, hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking. Insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colleen, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. I really thought, I really thought, uh, when I went to bed last night, I had one thought. As I, I said, when I wake up, when I roll out of bed in a few hours, in six hours, um, there will be news. There will be news out of L.A. that that fat little turd uh, that shot those two cops is uh, in custody. I thought we would have news. I thought we would have breaking news, and uh, I thought it would be great news, and we would have a description, a whole biography of the guy. Or girl, by the way, you can't quite tell. All I can tell is he's round. She's round. Uh, I want to know if Glenn Ordway has an alibi, because this person is kind of <laughs> appears to be about four feet tall and uh, in a, <clears throat> four feet wide, who, does, who commits just the most heinous crime if you haven't seen it, uh, where you been? Because it's everywhere, and it is so disturbing. And even worse is after after he shoots the two cops, one male, one female, both very young, both in their you know, 20, one's twenty four, the other's twenty six or something. They're they're young. They're going to survive. That's the good news, at least for me and you. I'm not sure Colin Kaepernick is all that excited, but it appears the police are going to survive. Although some of the witnesses. Well, very disappointed. I don't know if you saw any of the video from the people who witnessed it or were in the area and they were laughing and celebrating. It is so sick. It very is fine people. Very, so deranged that I was hoping we would have an arrest today and a perp walk and a whole description. But let me ask you this, Aiden. What happens if it is they, they, they get the shooter and he or she or whatever, this Oompa Loompa, is a devoted Black Lives Matter uh, activist, you know, goes to all the parades, all the uh, parades, goes to all the uh, rallies and marches and, you know, has, has social media that's uh, all about Black Lives Matter, this Black Lives Matter, that. Does it change anything? Do we finally, do people finally wake up and realize that Black Lives Matter is a violent, uh, radical political organization? The same yeah. 
Jerry, trying to say that this one person, this representative of Black Lives Matter is not accurate. Black Lives Matter is an inclusive group that wants to protest peacefully for justice. And that is like saying that every person who is conservative is the same people as the ones that protested in Charlottesville. Well, they, they do that. I mean, they blame Trump for any Trump right. supporter who does anything, uh, you know, any, any violent act. Hell, they blamed him for the synagogue at Pittsburgh when the guy, you know, the, the guy wasn't really a, a Trump supporter. Uh, blame him for Charlottesville. They make up a story what he said in Charlottesville. But I, I wonder, and I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Can you, if this is a devoted Black Lives Matter activist who committed this heinous crime, do they still put it on the basketball court? Does it still on the back of everyone's oh, helmet? Yeah. You think that's going to change? It doesn't change anything in your opinion. Have you seen this on the, is this like a headline story on the news, Jerry? Yes, it is. It's, it I mean, is. I mean, it's on Twitter, it is. I mean, a lot, a lot of people, Twitter is not the world, though. Will it be on the 630 News tonight on CBS? It's a good question. I'll have to check with my old partner, Dino. He's the only one that watches that, uh, the evening news still. But I still uh, watch it, Jerry. Here's, here's how it can become more of a story. First of all, it depends on on the, the perp. They're going to catch him. I'm surprised they haven't already. They put up a $100,000 reward. Even in that neighborhood where they don't, <clears throat> where a lot of people seem to have a little uh, animus toward the cops. I mean, that, yeah, that hundred grand, hundred grand, <laughs> and it would go a long way for a lot of the people who were in that area. So they, they, they're going to have this perp. They're going to have them any minute now, and I look forward to it because that hundred grand helps. And uh, he's it's a very distinctive looking person, and it's not a real. He's not a criminal genius. He just shoots two cops in the. And the one in the head, one in the face, and and waddles away. So they're going to have the guy probably by the end of today. And I think it does change something. And I'll I'll tell you how. Trump is on his way, I believe, to L.A. Trump is on his way to go. Uh, he wants to go witness the global warming up close. Uh, that's what he's going to do. And oh, ho- hopefully he doesn't play into this nonsense that this these wildfires are the cause are caused by global warming because. They've actually arrested a number of arsonists. They know that people set the fires, and we're supposed to think, uh, they, uh, obviously, they use it any chance they get. Anytime there's any bad weather, whether it's hot, cold, you know, rainy, dry, it doesn't matter. It's global warming. It's climate change. You can well, go you ahead. Know, and- well, you know why? Because they didn't. They let us use plastic bags for like four months there, thanks to COVID. That's, oh, that's a good point that's by you. That's their fault. Right. I, I, I used to, I used to plastic straw too one day, so it's probably is my fault, but I mean, it's silly and you have to subscribe, uh, be devoted to that religion. If you're a liberal, you have to say, Oh, a fire, global warming. It must be, glo- it must be climate change. You oh, can't you, make you it about climate change, Jerry. I didn't know uh, that. Oh, I've I, never talked about climate change before. I, I, I mean, uh, climate changes all the time. It's changing right now. It's getting cool out. It's fall. Uh, I don't believe that my plastic straw or, or, or your SUV causes the temperature of the world to change. No, well, you I know don't. the new thing with climate change is the new the new argument coming from the left with this one is you can't even debate it. No, 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 no. The the debate Jerry, correct is over. The debate is over. That's your friends in big tech. If you say and if you're a climate skeptic, a denier, you know what that's like. It's like being a Holocaust denier. Same thing. You Probably can't end it on QAnon. I, uh, you know, I'm so sick of this QAnon nonsense. Here's, you know, one, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't even know what QAnon is. I don't care. It's a to, it's another totally made up issue uh, from, from the left and we're not going to go there, but we are going to talk more about this 
the shooter, because I think Trump is or Trump's people will make it a, a story. They should when he's out there. I don't know if he's going to go to L.A. He should. He's going to go to California. Then he's going to go to Arizona. If one or both of these police officers or these sheriff deputies, to be more accurate, is alert and awake, does the president not have to go visit him? I mean, think of the contrast. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden visited Jacob Blake, a guy who uh, an alleged rapist, uh, a domestic abuser who terrorized you know, his own children, who resisted arrest, who reached for a knife. That guy, not only to go visit him, but Kamala said they're an extraordinary family and said uh, she's proud of him. Think of the contrast if Trump is in there with this wounded deputy sheriff, sheriff's deputy, you know, for a photo op, obviously, a political uh, event. Then you have to talk about what happened here. See, I think it's, you know what makes, and I know I get more upset than the average person. Let it on. On the day, on the day this happened, Aiden, on the day this happened, uh, a number of NFL players took a knee took a knee during the anthem, you know, obviously disrespecting the, the anthem, the flag. And what do they tell us this is about? I mean, he, Colin Kaepernick doesn't say it himself. He lets other people do the talking for him because he's not smart enough and he doesn't, he just, he's doesn't have the balls to, you know, stand up and speak out against this great outrage of what? Police brutality and oppression by the police, right? That's what it's about, we think? I think so. Something like that. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. There's a few other things. Oppression and systematic. Warning. <laughs> in there. See, I think on that day, you're, you're taking a knee because of police brutality. Well, I got I got news for you. The police brutality is not an epi- There's no epidemic of police, as LeBron alleged, hunting down unarmed black men, right? That's all made up. We know yeah. that there's no epidemic. It happens... Uh, you know, a small handful of sink. The, the, in 2019, it was nine unarmed black guys shot by cops. I think the cops were uh, at fault in two or three of them. In the whole country, 750 million interactions, police and, 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 and the public, it happened two or three times. It is not an epidemic. They want you to believe it is. But this backlash, this violence against the police, this disrespect of the police is, in my opinion, an epidemic. It was cultivated by by Black Lives Matter, by uh, people like AOC and Ayanna Presley and, uh, you know, you name it, Sean King, Kamala Harris. I mean, this is the chickens coming home to roost. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, have, they, have any of those people you just mentioned tweeted about or, or, or made a statement supporting those police officers? Good question. I, I don't think so. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess, no, they have not. And it's weird because that's such an easy layup for them. At least Biden gets that. The Biden, not maybe not Biden. Biden doesn't get anything himself. The Biden campaign, I think, gets that because they're 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 kind of making a push now. I've seen a lot of this stuff that you know we support police. We're not against defunding the police. You know, we're that that was just the crazy shit we said when we needed to win the nomination because <laughs> our party's insane. We just had to appease them, but we're not really that crazy. But but he said it. We know he said it. He said it to that guy in the wheelchair that interviewed him. Defend the police. He said, absolutely. We know uh, his surrogates, who are the real powers behind the throne, um, you know, AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, they all wanted to fund the police. They all hate cops. 
the rhetoric, you know, we, we often hear about the rhetoric, you know, when uh, there's a, whatever, a shooting at a, at, a, at, a, at a mall or a synagogue, it's Trump's harsh rhetoric that caused this kind of violence. The rhetoric couldn't be clearer. Cops are the bad guys. Cops are racist. Cops are violent. That's what these hard left uh, uh, radicals think. That's what they say. BLM, this organization that has received a billion and a half dollars from celebrities, Hollywood, you know, the corporations. And, and you, you want to know the next big story to come out of this, um, uh, Aiden, is the money. I mean, this is like Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a big grift. This, this is a big scam. They, they've received $1.6 billion or thereabouts from, you name it, from Apple and Microsoft. And- now, who, now, who is they? <laughs> That's a good and like, who, they have a, like, is there a CEO of Black Lives Matter? No, there is not. And you know what? There isn't. There isn't even. There's not even an office. Like, where's that money? Are they? And I know. I know. When you, if you're, a, you know, if if you're protected, like, you know, Al Sharpton never pays his taxes. You know, there's certain people that are untouchable. They do what they want. Al Sharpton's never paid the uh, penalty for the Tawana Brawley to the to the guys who were falsely accused of, you know, raping Tawana Brawley. He doesn't pay his debts. He doesn't have to because everyone's afraid if they go after him, they'll be labeled racist. So when you think about it, if this were, I don't know, the NRA and they had a billion six and no office, you know, and no building and no payroll, you'd be saying, where's all this money going? But everyone's afraid to even ask where the money is going that BLM is is raking in. And they are raking it in. Somebody's getting rich. I mean, I don't know if it's the three founders, those three women who are devout Marxists, if they're the ones. Somebody is getting rich. The question is, who's going to ask? You know, who's going to who's going to dare scrutinize them? These are the questions I ask on a smaller scale. Uh, You know, I did a blog last night on there's a guy named, you know, Dr. Ibram Kendi is Ibram Kendi. Have you heard of this gentleman? No. Okay. So he's a radical. He works for the Atlantic. He wrote, he recently wrote a book about how to be anti-racist. He's a black guy with like, you know, long hair and stuff like that. And he uh, just got a $10 million donation from Jack Dorsey at Twitter to promote anti-racist research, which means nothing. Of course, they're just going to tell you how racist you are. And he's getting paid $10 million to do that. This is what we call Jerry, the racism industrial complex. I've been talking about this for years. The last thing that any of these grifters want is an end to racism. Do you understand how many people racism employs in this country? And more, more every day. I mean, as you know, more every day, companies are adding to their you know inclusion and their diversity departments. Schools, colleges are adding you know, vice presidents, deputy vice chairman, deputy vice principals of diversity and uh, inclusion. And now, uh, fortunately, Trump has called it out and he's trying to bring an end to it in the federal government. Now the critical race theory is the new hot business. That's what to get into, kids. If you want to get rich Mm -hmm. and do nothing except teach every white person that they're evil racists and that can i can i give you an example of a story that i've not dropped yet that i found out about this weekend that's perfect sure. example. so you remember dave animal over the summer the phantom guy all right yeah we had him on the podcast it was outrageous he he you criticized, he criticized yeah. looters yeah. looters and, and had- the lockdown that was his big criticism was the lockdown it wasn't even really it was like how come i can't open my business again when they're looting. Okay. Interesting. So it was just, uh, there was nothing wrong with it. And of course they had to sacrifice him and 
say that he's you know not involved. I'm sure he is behind the scenes or whatever. But they also, I found out, hired a political a, a consultant, a race consultant. That race consultant is uh, Tito Jackson, the Boston, the former Boston City Councilor, who is good friends with Monica Cannon Grant, and he actually referred Monica Cannon Grant. So Monica Cannon Grant actually was paid by Phantom Gourmet to teach them about racial diversity. I mean, they so in order to combat racism, they hired the biggest racist in Massachusetts. Right, and paid her, and what a, what a grift. And, and that's small potatoes compared to what Black Lives Matter is raking in because of fools like Steve Carell and John Cena and and every big call and John and and Jack Dorsey he gave I mean they they've all given millions and millions million. and and they are paying for these rallies these riots they're paying for these these paying these looters I mean uh, when they arrest this cop shooter in this uh, attempted assassin uh, in L.A. Uh, who's going to bail him out Steve Carell or uh, what's the uh, Barstool woman, Ellie Schnitt, is she going to bail him out? I think she quit. She quit. She, she, uh, that's what I heard. She quit Barstool. Oh, damn. What am I going to do now? She, no, I know. How, no. how are you going to learn how to do your makeup, Jerry? But, but let's get let's get back to Kaepernick, because yesterday was about Kaepernick. And I thought, I think it is revealing, because, I mean, I've been saying this forever, but the guy is a horrible, horrible human being. And he's, and he's winning. I tweeted this last night. He's winning. Uh, Colin, uh, LeBron James was wearing a Kaepernick jersey uh, to the to the gym, to the whatever, in the bubble the other day. Um, players were uh, kneeling all around the NFL. Players were raising their fists. Hell, they stopped the freaking game in uh, the Seahawks-Falcons game. They kicked off. Did you see this one, Aiden? They kicked off, and everyone kneeled on the field during the kickoff. And it went out of bounds. It went through the end zone, and all the players – on both teams were kneeling during the kickoff, during the actual kickoff. Now, oh my God. I predicted Breeze and Brady would would kneel. I was wrong, happily, happily wrong. They did not kneel. Brady did not kneel. We'll get to, you know, he his performance. But Breeze and Brady uh, um, stood. The Dolphins, who spent all last week or two weeks ago choreographing this video and writing it and making, you know, dramatic, uh, doing dramatic performances against systemic racism or whatever oppression, demanding that NFL owners pay for what? I'm not sure. Just, it's all about money. So they, they're not, they refuse to come out of the locker room. I'll give them credit. It was very well done. The Dolphins put a lot of effort into it. The Patriots obviously were preparing for the game and, you know, practicing football when the, yeah. Dolphins, when the Dolphins were doing their grievance mongering on video. And it showed Patriots were clearly a better pre- prepared team yesterday. Dolphins, you know, they, they, they beat the Dolphins. But again, the Dolphins, Brian Flores was in the video. It was great. Great job, coach. You guys are all, you know, angry at oppression and racism. And, and you know, they obviously – we're not prepared at all for a football game, but hey, maybe next week you'll be, get back to football now that you're 0-1 and you lost to the Patriots. But the Ravens, this is my favorite, my favorite. Ravens stood for the Black National Anthem and kneeled or knelt for the real National Anthem. Now, this was a big a big deal for, uh, for uh, Clay Travis on Twitter, and he's right. This shows that kneeling for the anthem is disrespecting the anthem. 
Because why did you not kneel for the black anthem? Why why'd you stand for the black anthem? Because you wanted to show some respect for the black anthem, which most people didn't even know there was a black anthem. Would yeah, you yeah. It, there isn't one. They just made it up. <laughs> it's like Kwanzaa. They made it up. It's right. not real. Well, well, you know, all you got to do is say, that's the black anthem, and these frauds all stand. And then when they play the Star Spangled Banner, they kneel. And this all began with Kaepernick, right? And this all is kind of a, a tribute to Kaepernick. And we've seen many people like, you know, like uh, Barstool guys, uh, KFC and the other guys saying they now understand Kaepernick. They, were, they, were, they weren't right, fair to him four years ago, but now that they understand, now that, you know, Jacob Blake resisted arrest and reached for a knife and raped his girlfriend, now they understand that Kaepernick was right. Kaepernick had a point. Kaepernick's point is now and always has been cops suck. Cops are evil. Cops are racist. Cops are violent. He doesn't, he doesn't even hide that. You know, he, he, uh, as I say all the time, he had the, you know, the pig cop, pig socks. He compared cops to slave hunters, guys who hunted down runaway slaves. Um, he sends birthday wishes to uh, Asata Shakur or Joanne Chesimard, who, much like the, uh, you know, the Oompa Loompa in L.A., assassinated a cop. I mean, uh, the two cops are alive in L.A., but a guy named Werner Forrester in New Jersey, a state trooper, I believe, in New Jersey, he was unarmed and, you know, uh, begging for his life, and she shot him and assassinated him. That woman is a hero to Colin Kaepernick. Why am I the only one that ever mentions that? You know, why am I the only one that? You're not. You're not the only one that mentions. Who else? You Uh, all right wingers on Twitter will mention that. Sadly, I've never seen. You know, I've never seen Tucker Carlson mention it. I've never seen Greg Gutfeld mention it. Maybe, you know, maybe they have. Colin Kaepernick's kind of old news. I mean, yesterday he wasn't. Right. He's still the godfather of the movement. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He's the godfather, and his star has risen. He's got this great grift with Nike. They pay him uh, millions, uh, and and they don't. And they have slaves in China make uh, sneakers and shirts, and and he and he hawks them in commercials and makes millions on the backs of slave Muslim slave labor, which is wonderful. But these guys all look up to him. These guys, all the Ravens who knelt for the anthem yesterday, all the guys in uh, the Seahawks Falcons game who knelt kneeled on the field during the kickoff, they all look up to him. They all think he's a great leader. This guy, and he is a great leader. If you are a racist who hates cops and wants to see cops shot in the head, he's your guy. He's He's your guy. Do you think, do you think just wherever he is, I think he lives in New York now with his, and his girlfriend leads him around, you know, like, like kind of like Jill Biden and Joe Biden. She leads him around, tells him what to do, what to say. Do you think those two kids, uh, Kaepernick and his girlfriend, were upset when they saw the video of the guy shooting the cops in the head. Do you think Kaepernick is is angry and and and, and wants justice for those cops, or do you think he says the chickens are coming home to roost? Uh, I think he got a semi. That's what we call him. The semi uh, he a, when he saw that. You got a little pup tent. I would not surprise me. I, I don't think he lost much sleep over it. Put it that way, Jerry. Um, I was I was glad to see no Patriots kneel. That how did good. they do that? It, isn't that amazing? We've reached the point where nobody disrespected the anthem in new england and we're uh and we're like 
surprised. What about lowered expectations? Right, right. <laughs> Thank you for not shitting all over your country. It's really good of you. I really appreciate that. My question but, is, but, you know, but, there's but, some outspoken guys. In the country. It's, it's, uh, it's systemic racism. Oh, I apologize. Thank you. Sorry about that. I apologize. I didn't realize that. Uh, but how did they coordinate this? I mean, there's some outspoken players on the Patriots. I thought uh, McCordy's would, would lead the way. McCordy's would lead the way and they'd be kneeling. But they didn't. Think- Belichick, they must have talked about this before, and they didn't just all randomly not kneel. I I don't know, but I'm, I was impressed, and I was uh, happy for uh, you know for the Patriots and Patriots fans because it's easier to root for a team that respects the anthem, respects the flag, the country, and you make the other team look like idiots. Exactly. You make and, them look stupid. Can you tell me? Help me out here. Why is it? Uh, noble or courageous or uh, to stay in the locker room, just not doing, just like say, I, I don't want to kneel and I don't want to stand and I don't want people to look at me. I don't want anyone to know what I really think. I'm going to stay in here and, uh, you know, watch cartoons or whatever they do in the final minutes before the game or take a nap. Why is that a good thing? Many, many teams, uh, seven teams, seven hid in the locker room, seven gutless teams didn't. I mean, I have more respect for someone who kneels and at least they, uh, put the uh, at least they're on the record saying I don't I you know think the country's racist and I hate cops so I'm going to kneel. The ones who hide in the locker room, we're not really sure what they think, right? Yeah, but the debate here. I mean, we we're living in an echo chamber. We all agree. Everybody, ninety nine percent of the people listening to this podcast agree that we're against the kneeling. But there is dissent in our ranks. There is division uh, between two camps. There are the people like you and I who are watching anyway. And then there are the people who are boycott bros and the majority of turtle riders appear to be boycott bros because my takes lately have been rather unpopular. When I say that I'm watching the game, I'm not giving up something I love to Colin Kaepernick. It's not going to happen. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And I'm in that camp too. I'm not, I'm not boycotting. I love watching the NFL. It was fun yesterday, watching back to back, watching the Patriots and then watching Brady breeze and then, I mean, watching the highlights, there was a couple of incredible comebacks. The Washington Redskins. I mean, I'm sorry. The Washington football team came back from down 17 to beat the Eagles. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth Management. Again, here with Dave McDonough. Dave, before we get into the Managing Your Money and Retirement Report that we've been giving away, I want to talk about the market just like we did last week. What's been going on? On this very podcast last week, we mentioned that the market is coming off a record August, something we haven't seen in 30 years. Well, we also set another record, Dave. From Wednesday until Tuesday, a record correction. NASDAQ, tech stocks, down 10% in three trading days, first time in history. That's the fear of missing out crowd, the people that are just buying tech stocks for the sake of buying tech stocks. All right. So you go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You got that guy, Dave, once they get it, what do they do with it? Then they gather their statements. They take an inventory and then they realize that they have three 401ks in different spots. They have different beneficiaries. And again, with a market that sells off in 10 days, David, it's irresponsible not to take control. Absolutely. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Go get managing your money in retirement. Dave McDonough, thank you for joining me. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. The Jaguars, which is my team, I'm a Jaguars guy because of one man, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert, who had one catch for eight yards, but it was a great catch. I don't know if you saw it. It was unbelievable. He's a great tight end. I didn't, I didn't see it either. But uh, Tyler Eifert is a hero. And I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say it. He's a hero. When you do something like put David Dorn's name on your helmet in the middle of this climate, you know, with people – 
you know, who don't give a damn about dead cops, which is what David Dorn is. If you don't know, he's a retired police captain who was uh, 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 murdered while protecting his friend's pawn shop in St. Louis. Uh, Tyler Eifert decided to honor him, and he did it, and no one stopped him, which I found amazing because I thought they had a approved list of names, and I don't think David Dorn's name was on it. But not. somebody in the NFL said, we can't exactly stop him from doing this. Tyler Eifert forced the issue, and I'm just uh, – I get the story in front of me, and somebody asked a great question. Um, is this going to be – Is are others going to follow suit? Will there be other patriotic players who will want to honor David Dorn or honor uh, Patrick Underwood uh, or honor uh, the two off uh, sheriff's deputies in L.A.? We don't have their names yet, but we're going to. Wouldn't that be nice if someone on the Rams or the Chargers just said – you know, these guys, this guy, this girl, you know, it'd be nice to honor them. Then you have a bit of a trend, which will piss off, you know, Malcolm Jenkins and, and Colin Kaepernick. They won't like that. They only want heroes like Jacob Blake and George Floyd. Yes, honored. Yes, correct. Yes. More level threes and better usually is what they're looking for. Uh, sex offenders. But, uh, you know, that's true. We got another one, by the way, if you haven't seen it, there's a guy. Going at a cop with a knife. The video just came out. Oh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Cops shoot him dead. He's literally running at the cop with a knife, and they shoot him dead. Nice guy. He's another guy who was attacking a woman when the cops came. As 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 our guy Matt Walsh points out, why are all the icons to the left to BLM? Why are they all domestic abusers? You know, why are they all violent towards women? This is common thread with George Floyd and Jacob Blake and. This guy in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, all abusing women. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Who is the most sympathetic unarmed black person killed by police in the entire history of Black Lives Matter is forgotten. And that's the guy from Dallas, Botham Jean. You never hear his name. They never say, say his name. You know why, Jerry? Because he's religious and because his family forgave the woman who shot him to death. That right. is why you'll never hear his name. But he's he's the only one that wasn't a domestic abuse. You know what I mean? Like well, he's, he had a completely clean and you never hear his name in any of these protests ever. Why is that? It's a good question because you're right. He's, he's He doesn't fit the, fit the narrative and he didn't abuse women uh, like these other guys did. But um, I, I wonder if Tyler Eifert uh, will start a trend. We will see. It'd be nice to see them honor the, uh, the two cops who are but recovering in LA the, right now. The thing with boycotting Jerry though, is like, and this is my whole argument is why I'm watching instead of boycotting what those Kansas city fans did the other day was awesome. They set the tone that when they booed Baker Mayfield backed out, like a lot of these people realize, Oh crap, because they're living in this Twitter bubble. Yes. where Everybody has their back and tells them how woke they are. And then they step into reality and they realize their fans do not want this. Stuff. They weren't booing a moment of unity. They were booing black lives matter and the bullshit that's been pushed down our, you know, shoved down our throats and we're forced to accept it. And it had an immediate effect. A lot of people I think decided not to kneel because they're like, Oh man, I guess not everybody loves this. Oh crap. Whereas with boycotting, I get it. And I support people who want to boycott. But that's longer term. Like that takes at least a full calendar year for NFL executives to look at the ratings, you know, see declines in revenue. And then, you know, players finally get the message later on. But that takes time. Booing is immediate. Nobody wants to get booed. You are so right. I tweeted this and I, I felt the same way watching Thursday night. Is they the players were shocked that they boo booed. I mean, there was only whatever, a hundred couple hundred people there, but they booed, and they're gonna do that around the league. If the fans come back. And they're still, you know, kneeling and raising their fists and paying tribute to 
Black Lives Matter or honoring black. They had it up on the big screen in Kansas City when they all uh, locked arms. Mm -hmm. The big screen had the usual stuff about let's stop systemic racism and police brutality. That's what the fans were booing. I believe believe Alex refers to those as dog whistles. Those are dog whistles for the left about like, you know, for equality. We know exactly what that means. It doesn't mean for equality. That means for Black Lives Matter and your terrorist organization. And I think, I think if this shooter and we don't know yet, we don't know. All we know is the shape he's round or we don't even know what's a man again. But if this shooter is a BLM activist, I think things will change. I think it'll be a little uncomfortable when you see Black Lives Matter written on the court in the NBA finals or on the backs of the jerseys of the players, and you're thinking, wait, wasn't Black Lives Matter the driving force behind the attempted assassination of those poor cops? Most people don't hate cops. That's a minority view. That is a, I mean, we've gone over this before, but 81% of black people don't want to defund the cops. They, they have no, I mean, Al Sharpton doesn't want to defund the cops. These are people that know that no one needs cops more than inner city minorities. I mean, they're the victims of crime. I mean, I just retweeted there's, uh, over the weekend, 53 more people shot in Chicago. You think the innocent people, the law-abiding people in that in those neighborhoods want to defund the cops? Gary, of course they're like, the biggest racist in Boston, Monica Cannon Grant, l- called the cops on me last week because we peacefully <laughs> protested her freaking opening in in High Park. She literally called the cops on me. These people love the cops. I will tell you this sickest thing I've seen, and I, again, it is pretty sick when you see this fat load shoot the cops and run away, waddle away, and the co- the door opens and the cops uh, looking for for help uh, as he's uh, bleeding out or she. I don't know which one it is. And the name, and there's a few videos if you haven't seen it of, of people there. One guy is laughing, and they have no in, the cop. The the cruisers are flying in, all the sirens going. This guy's laughing, saying, "Oh, we took out a, you know, took out a cop, man. We wasted a cop." And he's laughing. That was bad. But if you haven't seen it yet, um, there is nothing more disturbing. Nothing in the last well, three months that we had this unrest. Nothing's more disturbing than these these clowns who tried to. Blocked the entrance to the hospital. A Black Lives Matter quick uh, protest was whipped together outside the hospital. They tried to block the entrance from the ambulance, and then they started shouting, we hope you die, chanting, we hope you die. And if you haven't seen the video, maybe Dave could uh, throw it up there and I'll, I'll put it in here because. And I want to deliver the message to the family. Yes, I don't think I've ever seen anything so disturbing. The cops have to listen to that. They they tried to get in the hospital, these guys, and they got stopped by police. And then they started this little rally outside the hospital and chanting, we hope you die. And and one guy was saying, we're coming after you one, uh, one at a time. Well, you all are going to die one at a time. And it's sick. And these are, I mean, this is the chickens coming home to roost. If you spend Three months, six months, whatever it's been, four years in the case of Kaepernick, telling everybody that the cops are evil, the cops are racist, the cops are the bad guys. What do you expect? There's going to be some crazies among you, some impressionable, young, violent uh, psychopaths who are going to say, oh, cops are the bad guys. You know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be one of the good guys. I'm going to shoot him in the head. That's what happened. If you have you been hating on cops and you're right, most people listening to us aren't hating cops, but you know, you, you covered them. You've seen people like Monica Cannon, Grant, 
Ayanna Presley, you name it, who, you know, all the AOCs who've been hating on cops for months. They don't, do they not do bear some of the responsibility here? Are they not to blame? To be perfectly honest with you, I don't want to go down that road because then you give them ammo to say, well, you caused Charlottesville. See what I'm saying? You don't want to, you don't want to go there. Because Charlottesville, I mean, Charlottesville. Uh, People are responsible uh, for their own lie. behavior. Charlottesville is a lie. We know that. Everyone knows. Every honest person well, knows. A woman was killed by a white supremacist. There. That did happen. Correct. But no one right. was supporting that white supremacist. Nobody. No. I mean, tr- no. Nobody. I mean, white, the whites, it's the biggest uh, canard. And I don't think, and I don't think Nancy Pelosi is going to speak out in favor of the cop killer either. Uh, no, but what if we again? We'll we'll find out. We'll be we'll do this again tomorrow when we have. Uh, They'll just say what we do. They'll just disassociate. They'll be like, "Well, he's not. He doesn't count. He's not one of us." The the same way that you say that you know the guy in Charlottesville. It's like he's not representative of conservatives. He's not one of us. We reject him. It's the same thing. So I, I I'm kind of skeptical. I'm weary to go down the road where you start saying, "Well, this is your fault. You helped kill this guy." Oh, I don't. I, I don't want to go there. I I don't either. I don't want to go there. But I will say that to say uh, cops are racist that the law uh, that, that the system as Liz Warren said is racist from top to bottom that all cops and judges are racist hell half the cops are minorities in these cities I mean police chiefs we've seen it there's been like uh, six or seven black police chiefs who've been fired or quit since this unrest began they're running black police officers off the force. You know, in Boston, we have a police commissioner, black man, Willie Gross, who's been great. Um, yeah, who, who do you think I, Willie Gross is voting for in November? Um, I, I hope it's uh, Donald J. I don't see how That's he could vote for the other guy. He's voting but, for Donald yeah, Trump. But it's just a lie that has been spread and effectively that the cops are racist, the cops are bad guys, the cops shoot unarmed black guys for fun. LeBron James, of all people, said young black men are hunted when they leave their house in the morning. They are hunted by cops. It is a lie. It is a flat out lie. And what does the media do when LeBron lies like that? They, they slobber all over him and say, it's a Disney contract. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? He lies about racist graffiti on his house in LA. And everyone says, isn't he one? He's a lead. He's not like, he's not like Michael Jordan or Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods. He's not afraid to take a stand. He's like Muhammad Ali. Um, Muhammad Ali lost, you know, four years of his career. Muhammad Ali went to jail or was, was going to go to jail. LeBron James risks nothing. He continues to make tens of millions of dollars on the backs of slave labor in China. And nobody cares. Well, not nobody, few people like you and me do, but for the most part, the media loves him. They would love to just smell his, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali was anti-establishment. Correct. You know, Black Lives Matter is the establishment. They they have the institutional power. They run everything. They clearly run the culture. And when they, when you can get every single corporation, McDonald's to show me videos about black trans lives. And, you know, (laughs) while I'm trying to buy a freaking Big Mac, they won the culture war. You control the institutions. You are not some counterculture movement like Muhammad Ali was. You are the establishment. By the way, uh, Colin Kaepernick last night, I believe, uh, tweeted that the NFL is all propaganda. They don't really mean it because Eric Reed, no one signed Eric Reed. Colin Kaepernick, you have won. You are a piece of garbage who likes, who honors cop killers, 
who likes violence against the police. This is your time. You should be, you should be thrilled. You should be happy. You should enjoy your victory. Why, why is Colin Kaepernick uh, not happy? Well, I guess he's never going to be happy. He, he, he's never going to just declare victory, but he should because he's, he's been victorious. He won the culture war. You're right. LeBron, Colin Kaepernick, all these guys who lie about the police, they win. I mean, hell, uh, you're right. Every corporation, name one corporate, you know, my pillow. That's about the only corporation who's not giving money to these radicals and, and supporting them and writing the, you know, BLM on the, on the shirts and hats and in the back of the helmets. They won. They won. Okay. Somehow they did it. Somehow they pulled it off, but they are never going to be happy. They're going to continue to lie about the cops. I hope they do it right up to election well, day. Because it's I'll tell you one thing, Gary. There's going to be. Do you think there's going to be a lot of uh, nuanced and balanced views on the big panel? You know, there's a big panel tonight on this, headed by Senator Cory Booker, featuring such on this where in D.C. Uh, uh, no, it's it's a live stream, and it's um it's it's featuring Cory Booker, Pete Carroll, Jamil Hill, Greg Popovich, and Steve Kerr. They're going to be oh, talking Christ. about social justice. Do you think they'll talk about uh, Hong Kong or China or anything like that? Uh, uh, no, they will. Will they talk about the cops who were uh, uh, ambushed in yeah, LA? Yeah, something tells me that's not going to come up. I don't. Uh, I, this I is nauseating. It. You know, that's literally. I couldn't. Wa- I can't watch that. I will picture get that so, panel. Like picture that panel. <laughs> I will get nause- nauseous. I hate these people. Oh I hate God. Them. You know, Jamel Hill was. You couldn't was, put five worse people in a room than the five people I just named. Five, Pete Carroll, Popovich, Curd, Jamil Hill, and Corey Booker. Good uh, lord! I'd rather kill. Just throw Megan Rapinoe in there and call it a night. Christ. You know, they're gonna. It's gonna be like that, uh, you know, L.A. mayor or the police chief out in uh, out in Central Mass who took a knee or oh, went yeah. down. That's that's what Popovich and Kerr are gonna do before Jamel Hill. They're gonna take a knee and say, "Please forgive me for my whiteness." They're gonna blame white people for everything. And and, and well, remember ten say, months ago, say, Steve Kerr said he didn't know much about China. He'd have to right. read up on it. I wonder if anyone will follow up with that. Right. Of course, yeah. Did you read anything about that yet? Or were you too busy reading Robin D'Angelo? You had you had some time here, Coach. Did you read up on the Uyghur Muslims? Uh, he'll be like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to go there. Let's focus on all the evil that happened in this country two hundred years ago. You know, it's like, you know, who are we to talk? We used to have slaves, yeah, and we fought a war, and six hundred thousand young men. Ain't no, we here ain't no we to fight <laughs> to, to win uh, to to end slavery. We ended it. We are the most. Uh, just and fair and equitable nation on the history of the earth, the least racist this country has ever been. But you nailed it, uh, Aiden. It is good business to keep this grievance going. And that's what happened yesterday. Not the, I mean, I, I got to say, uh, in total, I was not disappointed in the NFL. As I said, Brady and Breeze. Uh, how about in Indianapolis? The friggin' coach, Frank Reich, took a knee. The coach. And then he got his ass kicked by my my Jacksonville Jaguars, which I love. I mean, I think a lot of people like me or you, and they're watching. They're, I mean, I'm going to watch football. You can't stop me. I'm not boycotting. Although I do think a number of people are. I do think they're going to get take a hit in the ratings. I do think there's a lot of casual fans, people like your Turtle Riders, who see it and get annoyed and say, I'm going to do something else today. And, you know, if they lose 10% of their viewers, that's a lot. They will. They're going to lose that. I mean, lost. opening opening night, which by the way was a great matchup. It was Houston at Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and all that, and it was down sixty. It was the lowest season opener in ten years. When you think of a number of people that are still locked down and are still, 
you know, just watching TV every that that's a pretty big deal to have the lowest number in 10 years with Patrick Mahomes on the field against Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> but my problem with that, again, is that it takes too long to have the immediate effects, which is why I'm a boo guy. And a lot of people get on you like you're supporting the enemy. You're doing this. Well, first of all, I'm addicted to football. I'll admit it right now. I can give up base giving up baseball was the easiest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I don't miss it. I don't want it. I don't give a shit about it. Basketball, I, I mean, I, I sneaky. I haven't watched every game, but, you know, I'll sneaky watch it a little bit here and there. They are in the conference finals. But football, I'm not giving up. I'm not handing it over to the terrorists. I mean, you're literally – it's like what freaking Neville Chamberlain did. Like, you're handing over something you loved, the Sedatenland, to, some, to somebody who's horrible and is going to do horrible things with it. Why would you let them do that? That's a good question. I won't. I won't. I'm watching. They're not taking it away from me. I, I'm going to boo. I'm going to hate on guys that disrespect the, the the flag, the anthem, the country, the cops. Um, there's been some interesting proposals out there on Twitter from people like us, right-wingers, who are disgusted with this. I mean, what if the cops all walk? <clears throat> you know, when they have fans and they've, you know, cops just say, we're not going to work details at the game. Screw you. Will the NFL, <laughs> would that wake the NFL up a little bit? Uh, what if they say, you know, we're not going to protect you, LeBron, when you're getting out of your, you know, whatever your, your. I loved, I loved that, by the way, Chris Collinsworth on Thursday. And he's like, well, that was really a great moment of unity and this and that. Five seconds later, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the announcers are pathetic. The announcers, uh, same with uh, Eggman last night, I think it was, or was it? Romo, Romo just said, "It's. I think it's wonderful that players are expressing themselves, and you can feel, you can hear the fear in their voices, and they're like, oh, God, please don't say anything uh, that's going to get me in the headlines or get me in trouble here. But on on the whole, I mean, <clears throat> again, it was fun to watch teams like the Dolphins lose after staying in the locker room. <clears throat> um, it was fun to see Frank Reich lose after taking a knee. It was, it was fun to see Tyler Eifert win. Um, after um, uh, paying tribute to David Dorn, how lame were the little things on the back of the helmet? You really had to work hard to see them. I was only concerned with a couple guys. Like a lot of guys didn't have them. They had whatever the name of the helmet on the back, but you could see the letters. And it took a while for guys to turn around. Brady had end racism on the back of his helmet, which I, mean, I think I think it's really going to work, Aiden. I think once people yeah. see that, all those racists out there down, you know, those Klansmen they're going to see the error of their ways when they see Brady's. Like why? Like, so this I, people are like, well, that's a unifying thing and racism. It's like, yeah, it's also common sense thing. It's like, stop, how, why don't we have something in the saying like, I'm against child molestation. Like I'm against, you know, like who isn't against Who's for racism? What is this movement? Who are we fighting here? What are you doing? It's a, it's a good question. I think we're, uh, I don't know, fighting, uh, uh, you're right. Corporate America's on board. Uh, here's what's going to be fun to watch. And I know you enjoy it too. Like the booing in Kansas city, that's going to happen in other places. And the only people that upsets more than the players, like, like, like JJ Watt was very upset. Couldn't understand it. It was a show of unity. It was again, bowing to the mob. Uh, we all know that. And, and again, they had on the big screen, you know, uh, stop police brutality, stop uh, systemic racism, all the usual buzzwords. They were, um, they they were doing that. They were taking a knee to the mob in that in that situation. The fans didn't like it. The media is even more woke than the players. I mean, again, they worship 
guys like LeBron James and Steve Kerr and, you know, the guys who hate America and, you know, the, the guys who defend China. They love that. The, the media, ESPN, as we all know, it's, you know, woke from more, you know, all day. All the, the, the guys who get the big jobs at ESPN, Max Kellerman and Greeny and Dan Lebertard are hardcore lefties who love Kaepernick, who think, who love LeBron. They're going to be in uh, a little confused too when the fans get discussed, when the ratings drop and when fans, if they come back, start booing, uh, and, uh, don't like guys making it all about, you know, Black Lives Matter. The fans, as you've said accurately, there's more Trump supporters in an NFL stadium than maybe NASCAR, but in, there are a few yeah. places where you're going to find more Trump supporters than NFL stadiums on Sunday. When you mentioned Frank Reich, you know, that's Indiana. Indiana is so far up Trump's ass. Like, do you understand how unpopular that's going to be in Indiana? With the, I mean, Tyler Eifert's from Indiana. That's extremely unpopular there. What are you doing? Who are you trying to? I mean, remember Mike Pence went to a game a couple of years ago and left right after oh, the that's end. Right. That's right. After the kneeling. It that's was not going to work in Indiana. What are you thinking? That that was kind of a stunt, but you're right. And and I I think Frank Reich was, you know, pretty popular. He'd been he'd done a good job. Yesterday he lost to Jacksonville after taking a knee. You are right. In Indiana, that ain't gonna sit well. Projected worst team in the league. You lost to them to start the year. And in classic Phil Rivers form. I feel like every single time Phil Rivers, I see him on TV, he's down by six, trying to get his team down the field, just throwing haymakers left and right. The guy they I can't stand that guy. Uh, what, uh, well, it must be terrible to root for Phil Rivers. Well, um, he lost. He uh, did. Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville went 19 for 20 and beat uh, Indian, Indianapolis. 170 yards. Beat in Indianapolis, and which had to uh, uh, thrill a lot of people. I mean, I, I laughed. I watched the game, obviously. I was watching the Patriots and then the Bucks and the uh, and the Saints, but I laugh when guys like Frank Reich, who think, again, they misread the crowd. They misread yeah. the room. They think, I'm going to take a knee, and everyone's going to love you. No, Max Kellerman's going to love you, Frank. But the average uh, fan, uh, Colts fan, is going to say, get off your knees, you dink. Um, and I said this in t on Twitter. It's going to be a rude awakening. That was mild in Kansas City. When they booed, there was only, whatever, a 1,000 people yeah. there. It's going to be a rude awakening for these people when they realize that, you know, the people that wear the dress as dogs in Cleveland or the people who jump on tables in Buffalo – or the people that sit in the parking lot and drink a case of beer at, at nine in the morning, they're not down for the cause here. They're yeah, not. But, so I didn't know this, Jerry, because I thought when I saw Kansas City opening night, I'm like, oh, they're going to let this in all stadiums. I didn't know it was a team by team thing and that most are not letting people in. How is that not a competitive disadvantage? It's a, it's a good question. And I'll get to let me. I want to. We're playing in Seattle next week. That's like the place. That's like the hardest place in the country. Well, not anymore. No one's there. I want to uh, talk about that after I talk about Shea Concrete. Did you know that Shea Concrete has been offering technical engineering semi seminars for professional development credit at their Ames Mary headquarters since January 2018? Well, now these continuing education opportunities are brought to the industry virtually through the Precast Podcast platform. I've been telling you about the Precast Podcast, the best podcast in the Precast business. It's the only one, but it's good, and you can get credit just by listening. Although nothing can take the place of the in-person training, the virtual education offering to the precast podcast are a close second. Shake Concrete Products is committed 
to supporting two educational-based podcast episodes per month at no cost to attendees. Multiple credit hours can be earned. How easy is that? You don't get credit for the Callahan podcast. You get credit when you listen to the precast podcast. Are you a septic or wastewater professional in Mass or New Hampshire? Contractors, installers, engineers, or job site inspectors who need to earn professional CECs to keep up their certification or license should check out Shay's precast podcast technical engineering seminars. Uh, and the podcast, the precast podcast is not all technical. Listen and find out more about the company's process, products, employees, and so on. There's even an episode featuring me, the brother-in-law of uh, Greg, the guy who runs Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete Products is not only the lead supplier in the precast concrete industry, but they also deliver a robust technical education platform. With over seven years of experience in operation as a family-owned and operated business, Shea has become New England's premier precaster. Whether it's sun or rain or snow, doesn't matter. Shea Concrete Products is always on the go and they will drive that extra mile to be your trusted precast concrete product partner in New England and beyond. Check them out, SheaConcrete.com. Let's do this. The Patriots, I mean, uh, Tom Brady did not have a good game. Tom Brady had threw one horrendous pick, a pick six, uh, by the way, which was his last throw in New England last year, a pick six. Um, he threw two picks. I think one was his fault, but he had a mediocre, not mediocre, he had a subpar game. His rating was like 78. Um and uh, he, he had a big advantage because he was always going to open up in New Orleans. As soon as he signed there, everyone saw that game and said, that's going to be great. Um, it wasn't New Orleans. It wasn't the same. There was no great home field advantage. It would have been much tougher on Tom Brady had there been fans. That's a tough place to play, a tough place to win. It always has been, at least since Breeze has been there. Brady didn't have to deal with that. I know he had to deal with the, you know, his new teammates, and clearly Mike Evans is not on the same page yet. Clearly he misses a guy like uh, Edelman, uh, and maybe that guy, Scott Miller, or whatever his name is, that guy that that, uh, that Aikman kept saying that might be the next. Did you hear him say Brady's always had guys like that? Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. He was about to say little white guy. You know, he has a little white guy here in Tampa. Uh, but – What's the excuse for Gronkowski? Gronkowski was a non-factor. Brady knows him. Why is he not going to Gronk? He's a blocker now. Bron- Gronk's been a lineman. I mean, I said that for a while. I'm like, we should just keep Gronk as a. He'd probably be one of the best left tackles in the league if you put on thirty more pounds. Oh well, he uh, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Why is Brady not uh, uh, throwing him the ball more? I don't know. It was, it was kind of. Uh, I don't say shocking, but you would agree it's kind of surprising that Brady just kind of. He seemed to get worse as the game went on, and uh, I, you know, expected the opposite. I watched it, and like the first thing I thought was like, "Man, did Belichick get it right again? Did he really do it again? Did we really get rid of this guy? Like Tom Brady of all people, right at the right time, and we brought in somebody who is slightly better than it. I mean, it was so weird watching the Patriots run the football yesterday. I think, I think he did, and uh, and I'll tell you why. And I've said this all along. Brady, he's going to have some good games. He's going to have some good weeks. He's, he, you know, he looks physically sound, but again, the problem when you're 43 and we saw it with Manning is the cumulative, you know, injuries, the cumulative toll it takes in your body. I think Brady's going to have a good September, a good October, I don't know about November, come December, he is going to have some aches and pains that he's never had before. Uh, and that's going to be a, a, a problem for Tampa. I mean, they're all in on a guy who's 43 and he took a couple hits yesterday. 
I mean, he knows how to avoid hits for the most part, but he took a couple hits. One of those hits, one of those weeks is going to be, you know, an issue. It's the way it works. That's what happens. You know, when Dan Marino was getting old, these guys get old. It's not that they, you know, just lose foot speed. They get hurt and they don't heal up. I know I've said it a million times, but I feel like it's uh, – I'm looking for Gronkowski. Where the hell is Gronk's Tampa Bay receiving? How many catches did Gronk have? I think he had zero, right? He didn't catch him. Oh, yeah, one where he cut cut down. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Oh, no, Christ, I'm looking at the wrong. Um, uh, But, but, you know, I I have a feeling – I feel the same way, by the way, as, as about not the same way, but similar about Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a good game. He had a good game rushing the ball. He had a good game. He had a, a real run there where he was clicking with the receivers. Um, I tweeted this out because Channel 5 uh, in Boston tweeted and said uh, Cam Newton was incredible yesterday. Would you call him incredible? No, I would call him he got the job done. He was a nice little mix. You know, he got, I mean, threw for under 200 yards. He had that one drive where he looked impressive. It was like six straight passes. You know, he's throwing a bunch to Edelman and stuff like that. He actually finally looked in sync there. But other than that, they're a completely different team. I mean, they have a quarterback that runs the ball. He set the franchise record for most rushing attempts in a game by a quarterback immediately in his first game. And again, I, I, feel, I think the big uh, advantage they had was – the Dolphins spent the week working on their video grievance, the, you know, the, the, their performance in that video because they didn't seem prepared for the run-pass option. Uh, it seems like you know it's coming. You you know it's what Cam Newton does. You know they're going to try to run the ball, and they didn't have any answers. Um, Miami, I don't know. I don't know what people are predicting from Miami, but was there one play in that game, one play when Miami had the ball where a receiver – was more than a foot away from a defender. I mean, I know the no. Patriots have good DBs. I know Gilmore, he had a bad pass interference, but Gilmore's great, you know, as good as anyone in the league uh, in coverage. But the Patriots' DBs are good. The the Dolphins' receivers suck. <laughs> they no, no separation. Fitzpatrick, I mean, you're not going to lose to, to I Ryan. thought we were going to see Tua yesterday at the beginning of the game. It wasn't looking good for Fitzy, and I'm like, we might see Tua today. You're seeing two of soon because Fitzy's, you know, he's he stinks, and uh, you know he he made some bad throws. He threw whatever it was, three picks because uh, you know because he takes chances and because his receivers don't get open. They, you know, they don't uh, uh, they don't create any separation. So when are we going to put fans in the stand, Jerry? I don't even know the rule. Do you know the rule? I'm, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm told. Uh, that it's a state by state thing based on what the governor says, which is insane. Insane. The only ones that had fans yesterday were Florida, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Those are the only two teams. I'm assuming Vegas will allow them in into their new stadium, but it seems like it's a completely unfair situation here where some states are allowing fans and others are not allowing fans in. It is unfair, but you know. Too bad. That's why doesn't Kraft, I mean Kraft pays so much in taxes in this state? Uh, I mean he he has talk about power. He's he, he got all those masks. That doesn't get you. Right. That doesn't get you a little goodwill with the state. Why can't he let fifteen thousand people in? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get to the state. I want to get there's another another bankruptcy declared and another victory for Charlie Parker, who's uh, determined to put every damn small business in the whole state out of business. It's sickening. But, I, I mean, I was watching, uh, obviously, the NFL games, uh, a little bit of the college on Saturday, watching highlights 
from college games and high school games. This is great um, last minute uh, lateral play in an Alabama high school game that kind of went viral. Um, and I'm thinking there are, there are tens of thousands of high school kids in Massachusetts and, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, college kids, you know, division three kids, you know, uh, um, who are uh, their whole life was uh, revolved around playing football this, this fall. They love it. They live for it. It's important to them. And, these friggin' governors, and I know we do this every day. I don't care. I'm going to do it every day until something changes. The governors said, no, you you know, they could play high school football in all these other states and have a great time and no danger. Obviously, they're kids. They're not in danger of the friggin' virus. And our a-hole governor says, no, I don't feel like letting you play sports. Stay inside. Play your video games. Breathe on each other. Don't go outside. Don't run around. Don't you know, get in shape. Don't have this great bonding experience the hell with you when is when is the rest of uh, you know the rest of the public going to rise up like you and i do every damn day and say enough of this enough of this just put they're the not. on they're and go really on they're going to they're never going to sure. they, if, if they haven't risen up at this point i've i've lost hope in humanity we they're terrible people i mean we deserve this we we are a terrible society filled with losers who just accept collective alleged safety for the, they're willing to sacrifice their civil liberties to achieve that. It's patently absurd. It is, I'm, I'm disgusted with the public because when I tweet about it, I shouldn't say the public, the, the part of, when I tweet about it, I get these responses saying, you know, you you risk your life, go to a high school game. I'd go to, if my kid was playing, I'd, I'd go to, I'd risk my be, life. I mean, imagine thinking you were risking your life by going to a there's game. There's still people, and I, I understand they don't, most of them don't really believe that. They just want to get to election day and, you know, stop Trump. They don't really believe there's any risk, but it is sick that we're not allowing kids to play high school football or college football for political reasons. That's what they're, that's, you know, in Massachusetts with, with Charlie Baker, in New York with Cuomo and Murphy in New Jersey and Lamont. It's all politics. We know that now You're, they're stopping our children from playing sports because it, they think it it's one small measure to, to, to stop Trump. And the public's not, there's no great outcry. It's sickening. It's nauseating. The latest bankruptcy in uh, in Massachusetts, Boston Sports Club, really nice chain of gyms. I used to belong to one. They are declaring bankruptcy today. Thank you, Charlie Baker. He puts another business. And that, I don't know how big that business is. It's not some neighborhood gym. It's a chain of gyms, nice gyms. That's something I think is good for the public to have a really nice gym in your in your neighborhood. They're bankrupt. Thank you, because not because of the virus. Let's get it straight. They're not bankrupt because of the virus. There's not something like this in, in, in Georgia or Texas. It's only in Massachusetts because the governor said, you can't go work out. And even when he conceded, they were probably done when he kept them shut for four months. But the rules were too strict. People don't want to go to the gyms with a mask on. They don't want to wait in line. They don't want to sign up to be one of four people allowed into the uh, cardio room. They don't want to go through it. They say, screw it. And they stop going to the gym and they stop paying their membership. Congratulations, Charlie Baker. You put Boston sports club into bankruptcy, just like you put thousands of restaurants and into bankruptcy. You're doing a wonderful job. Great. Good job. They believe it. As a commenter said, these, there are people that ride around with masks on. There are people that actually believe this. That tells you everything you need to know. I know. And, and well, you saw it watching football. Half the guys are wearing masks um, and half of them aren't. And you're going, wait a second, if you're standing there and, you know, all these players aren't wearing masks and some of the trainers aren't and 
some of the coaches are. I mean, what, what's the deal? Either they, they either they matter or they don't. Either they work or they don't. There's just no agreement. It's it's got nothing to do they with don't. public health. Yeah, it's nothing to do with public health. It's just a show. Some of them. Do you see the coach on? Uh, I forget which team had a co- assistant coach, and he had Brianna Taylor's name on the on the mask. And I'd be like, okay, explain to me what happened to Brianna Taylor there. If you can, I, if he could, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. But like, I always say, what do you, what do you want? the cops to be charged with tell me they tell me the crime you want to be charged with in the statute and how you think that that's going to lead to a conviction you tell me that well, and i then- think i think it's obvious the da uh, daniel cameron's racist i mean that's the bottom line right yeah, the black guy, yeah very racist yeah, yeah. yeah black guy who's a very the black guy who doesn't want to charge the cops if he can't get a conviction and he doesn't apparently doesn't think he can get a conviction because the Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot at them first. And they weren't in the wrong house. The more that comes out about that, like they have heaps of her in prison talking to the boyfriend that she was the stash house. Like that's where the money was. It all went through her. And you got Russell Wilson after the most amazing game. He's your MVP after week one. And, and what do you want to talk about after the game? Brianna Taylor. I mean, maybe he's sincere. Maybe, I mean, there is a chance that one cop, the one cop who got fired, who shot the most rounds, uh, that guy could get charged with something. It sounds like one cop was reckless um, and, and you know, shot like, I don't know, 10, 12 times. Maybe you could charge him with something just to please the mob. But what if he's acquitted? Then he has to worry about his whole city, Louisville going, you know, getting burned what down. What is the guy who is shot supposed to do? The like guy who shot, shot, was shot right? Right. It's a good point. He's shot. Is he not supposed to shoot back? Whatever we've talked about, Brianna. We'll talk about it again yeah. if they come down with an indictment or they charge the cop, the one cop who's uh, who's been fired. Uh, but you'll hear more about it. This is just you know this again. Colin Kaepernick is winning. You know, the, the, Eric Reed might not have a job right now, but he's winning. You know, his uh, Malcolm Jenkins. They're they're winning. Everybody is bowing to them, bowing to the mob. They don't care that Kaepernick sends sent money to a charity that was formed and named in the honor of Asata Shakur, Joanne Chesimart, who assassinated a police officer and then ran to Cuba. There's an organization called the Asata Shakur whatever uh, fund, and Kaepernick took some of that money that Jack Dorsey and others gave him and sent it to this charity, which honors a cop killer. How is there not some outrage at that on the day that someone – and some fat little turd tries to to kill two cops in L.A. I don't understand why there's no not some some backlash. The cops aren't the bad guys. The cops aren't racist. I'm wearing my BPD hat and my BPD shirt today. See the Bruins? I like it. The Globes, the Globes not going to like it. But no, they're not going to like that. Uh, Matty Porter will not be covering that. I uh, Matty Ports. By the way, I was remiss. Uh, I didn't thank Paula. Paula Reinhardt. Reinhold who's the wife of a cop and I lost her address. Um, and she sent it because we've been supportive of the cops Send turtle boy one too. It's nice stuff. But um, uh, she said, sent, sent me and I, I don't know what I did with our address. Maybe she's listening and I appreciate it because I'm, I'm genuinely sickened. I'm gen- watching that video and then seeing on the same day, people kneeling and talking about police brutality. Police, I mean, every, Every damn story we see, again, today in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, you haven't seen it, some lunatic with a knife trying to kill a cop. He shoots back, and immediately there's a you know crowd and a, a rally and a protest. 
they don't care. They don't care that they, they, they want the cops to just say, you know what? Kill me rather than, rather than, uh, crucify me in the court of public opinion. Just kill me now. That's what they want. The co- Let the bad guy stab you. Let him shoot you. That's the only way that you'll get the support of these lunatics. Uh, but I think we're going to have an arrest by this time tomorrow and we'll, we'll find out if it's a BLM activist, um, We'll see if anybody in the NFL or the NBA, maybe the NBA will take the words off the court if this is a BLM activist. We'll see. Before we go, though, um, we haven't been we, we haven't been uh, doing the podcast since Skip Bayless stepped in it. I wanted to mention Skip Bayless. I generally, since generally, sometimes I like defending him because he's such a contrarian. He says stupid stuff just to get a charge out of people, and I kind of like that in today's day and age, kind of pushing back against the mob. But what he said about uh, Dak Prescott was just so stupid. I mean, he's, he's saying that he showed weakness because he admitted he was depressed after his brother committed suicide. I mean, it wasn't – there are people who say things like that uh, looking for sympathy. You would agree that sometimes people say, oh, yeah, I'm suffering from whatever, depression or mm. ADHD or, uh, you know, I was bullied as a child or, or, or I'm, I'm an addict. And they're looking for – sympathy or support. That's not what Dak Prescott was doing. He was telling the truth. He was just being honest. And Skip Bayless comes out and says he should, uh, that, it, that, it, that it was a, a weakness for a leader, like a quarterback, a leader, to admit that he was going through a tough time after his brother killed himself. By the way, lots of people are going through tough times during the lockdown, the shutdown. People are going out of business. They're losing their jobs. They're, they, you know, We've seen the numbers, depression and uh, alcoholism, suicide, Everything is is spiking because of what our governors are doing to their states. Um, it's tough for a lot of people. All Dak Prescott did was just be honest. I found it amazing that this idiot Bayless thinks that's a good time to criticize the guy. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Kirk had obviously our old friend Kirk had some uh, a lot to say about that, and I, th- I feel like. It, his whole show. Remember, who even watches that? Do you know anybody that tunes into freaking Skip Bayless? Uh, you know what? It, I, he's my idol. I, I don't think anyone watches it. Okay. Six million. Six I million a year. Yeah, I see him like trending. I'm like, who the hell watches Skip Bayless? Well, anything, Sharp. Yeah, like who watches this? There's people actually know, listening I, to this. I don't know, what I mean, but I'm I'm willing to do it for uh, four million a year. I will save Fox Sports One. Two million bucks a year. I'll do that job. I'll argue with Mushmouth Shannon Sharp for four million a year. Skip Bayless somehow, some way, got them to pay him six million. And it's a good question. Are there any? I used to watch the Whitlock show. Whitlock show occasionally online because he, you know, he's good. I mean, Whitlock's good, but I can't imagine. Like it'd be on the gym once in a while and look up and go, who the hell is watching Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp argue? And and how is he worth that kind of dough? But whatever. I don't think he got a lot of support on this one. I think it, that he's someone who lives in a bubble, doesn't know anybody with you know mental health issues, has never had to deal with it in his family or friends, and just thinks you know depression equals you know I'm sad. That's what he thinks. It's not a, like a medical condition. It's a. It's just the guy was bummed out. That's all, and he shouldn't show that because it's weakness. But it's stupid. It's stupid. Although he might not be. Uh, uh, so happy today. Skip's a big cowboy fan. Like, so is, is, is if is, does kneeling show weakness? That's a good question. Yes, I say yes. I say yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you admit that you're so fragile and weak by 
seeing Jacob Blake get shot that you need to kneel. You're oppressed somehow. You're afraid for your life, but yet that's not showing weakness, huh? And how about how about Kirk Herbstreit crying or Doc Rivers crying? <laughs> crying, right. crying's the best. Now, I love the crying. I, I admit I got emotional watching those cops get shot in the back of the head. It infuriates me. I want to just smash. I just want to catch that friggin' Opa Lopa and just beat him to death. I want I want the mob to get that guy. Although the mob is probably on his side, but that guy is a symptom of a much larger disease. I don't even, I mean, I hate him obviously, but I, I hate the people that get away with uh, creating the atmosphere. Like LeBron's comment that we're all being hunted. If you thought you were being hunted, would you not think it's fair to shoot preemptively? That's my point. That's why he bears some responsibility. I'm not saying I don't want to go there blood on his hands. That's so trite, but Think of that. If you look up, you're an LA guy. You're you're not the brightest guy in the world. You idolize LeBron James, and he's telling you these cops are hunting you down and shooting you unarmed in the street, which is a lie. Just think of it. What what he accused the cops of doing, or is what people are doing to the cops, shooting them in cold blood, shooting them in the back of the head because of this wave of of of, of hatred uh, toward the cops. And yes. LeBron James bears some responsibility for that. So does AOC and Ayanna Presley. I'm not saying they're, they're responsible for the shooting, yeah, but they're responsible for this shift, this this dramatic shift. Before George Floyd, cops were heroes. We were supposed to buy them a cup of coffee at the, if we saw them at the coffee shop. We were supposed to applaud when they walked by. First responders. There was a whole bunch of New York cops who got coronavirus, some who died because they didn't stay home from work. They went to work. They went on the subways. They chased criminals. They arrested people. George Floyd dies because of one, you know, because of whatever, you know, a combination of a bad cop and fentanyl. And immediately everything changes and we're supposed to hate cops. Some people buy into it. They say, you know what? The cops are the problem. You saw, if you haven't seen this video yet, and I got to get uh, Dave to get it too, is this uh, Antifa punk he walks around, I believe it's DC. You got to see this video. We we can't, uh, we can play the sound, but he's got a fishing rod. Have you seen this yet? He's got a uh-huh. fishing rod with a donut. On oh, it. I did see that. Yes. He looks he very scared around the city holding the, the rod with the donut in front of the cops' faces. It says, Come on, piggy, take the donut, piggy. He's a little white punk and he's taunting the cops, and one after another, the cops just walk away or smile or say nothing or ignore him. Now, if this is indeed a fascist police state with cops who are hunting innocent people in the streets, would they allow this friggin' punk to dangle a donut in their face? Worst fascists ever, Jerry. Worst. Ever. <laughs> just like just like Hitler. Oh, Donald Trump, you know, he's Hitler. He's the first Hitler ever to uh, broker peace talks with Israel and all the Arab countries that used to hate them. He's a terrible Hitler. And these cops who, um, who are taunted by this Antifa punk are the worst fascists, the worst uh, rogue cops I've ever seen. I think they're too patient. I know you'll find that shocking, but you tell me what would happen if they took the fishing pole and just snapped it uh, and, and then threw it in the trash you think they get charged? That's, they That's the reaction they want. I know, but what's the problem with that? I was thinking about this. What's the well, problem if they did that? The, well, what, what's the, what, what does that accomplish? It, it, it's a human reaction, and it. I see. It is, it, but how does that do your cause any good? 
It's not a cause. They're cops. It is a cause. The cause of the police is a cause. Uh, I, I, again, they're doing the right thing. I'm not. I'm, you, hope, you know why the you know why Martin Luther King and John Lewis were successful because they were nonviolent because they just stood there, got abused, and regular people watched it and they're like, "This isn't cool. This is not okay." That it it changed hearts and minds of Americans. So the best thing you can do is follow what they would be nonviolent. Just stand there and take it. Like let these people make assholes of themselves and you come out of it looking like the dignified, respectable person, which you are. But who would be upset if that, if he just took, if he just took the rod and snapped it, who would be upset? Uh, the, put the, it would be, they would quickly take it out of context and turn it into a highlight reel. Uh, like look, the racist cops are like, they would do something. You don't understand these people. You're not, you don't get it yet. Huh? You don't get how good these people are at PR and how much they control the media. You don't need that. I, I'm, I'm going to get his name. I mean, I, he's on Twitter. He's just a, a total scum. Uh, Antifa, you know, typical little scrawny white kid that has never been laid and just, you know, hates, has, has turned all his, his wrath toward the like cops. He's an asshole, but what crime is he committing? I don't know. They, they can mix up, right? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I mean, of all the things Antifa's done, that's one of the more harmless ones. It's insulting. That's, it's a good point. that's a good point, right? But this is what we're dealing with. And there's no uh, decent person out there who's not disgusted at the sight of this. There's no decent person who says, you know, I like that guy. He's, he's and, uh, taunting and, the cops with a donut. And just to make it clear to the people that are you know, saying you can't compare people like Martin Luther King to the AOC type. No, no, no. I'm not comparing Martin Luther King to AOC. I'm comparing Martin Luther King to me. I am the closest thing today to Martin Luther King. I am the nonviolent protester. I show up to fight systemic racism in places like Hyde Park, and I bravely stand there. I get abused. We get threatened. Somebody threatened to kill us the other day at this uh, place, and you just sit there and you take it in the most effective way you could protest. And I always think of you. When I think of you, I think of MLK. You're kind of a combination of Martin Luther King, uh, Rosa Parks, and uh and uh, um, Gandhi. That's always yeah, my thought. I mean, you know, a little I bit have enough self awareness to understand, and I'm a right. civil rights icon. I get it. Yes, a civil rights icon of our time, Turtle Boy. That's that's when I think of civil rights in our time. I think of Turtle Boy. Well, uh, you can read uh, all about uh, Turtle Boy's experience as a civil rights icon um, protesting racism in Boston last week. It was. It was good theater, and uh, it continues today because more Monica, to come, more to come, more to come. Because Monica Colin Grant is still the toast of the town. They still give her money and give her office space and give her respect, and she is just a vile racist, as Turtle Boy has revealed. Uh, you will, uh, you can read all about that. See the video at TB Daily News, and you can follow him on Twitter. Hopefully, um, next time we talk, Turtle Boy, there'll be a suspect that little uh you know the little uh oompa loompa will be in custody we'll know much more about it hopefully uh we're done i was gonna say we're done with the kneeling you know i thought opening day everyone could kneel and stay in the locker room and and we'd move on but that's not going to happen it's going to continue the ratings will will be down people are disgusted but i'm with you boom whatever hate them but watch because it's football and we love it Patriots are one and zero. The Bucks are zero and one. As I tweeted, one thing Brady now knows is he's not in the AFC East anymore. There's not an automatic, you know, five wins in the division, and you know, you don't. He was underdog for the first time in five years for a reason. 
it's it's tougher. It's a tougher road. He has a much tougher road to the playoffs than Cam Newton does. Um, I look forward to uh, to see Newton do that every week. That's a tough thing to do every week when you're meant to be a quarterback and run you know 15 times and take that many hits. Yes, um, it's he's he's fresh right now. We'll see if he can keep it up. But uh, Belichick wins week one. Belichick beats Brady week one. We'll see what happens going forward. But uh, anyway, thanks, Turtle Boy. We will talk to you again soon. And thanks to uh, uh, Shake Concrete and DCU and Allied Paving and all our wonderful sponsors. Um, thanks to uh, Cullinane, I guess. Um, but uh, we will do this again tomorrow. This is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan. Talk to you tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.